0: Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays from the Down and Nerdy Podcast. I'm James Witham, and this time of year is when we like to count down our top 10 interview moments from the previous year, of course, this being 2017. Now, this year, especially more than other years, it seems like there are so many good ones to choose from. You're going to hear some from me going to San Diego Comic-Con 2017 this year for the very first time, and some other great moments throughout the year, but I wanted to kick it off with this one. And remember the big Prometheus reveal last season on Arrow. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen it yet. Josh Seguera, who played Adrian Chase on the show, was revealed to be Prometheus. But he had a little bit of fun with a fan. It's one of our big, best interview moments of the year. Check it out. How early on did you know and how fun was it to see all the speculation online and on social media?
1: Oh man, that was that was probably the best part of his job, you know, that that I felt like I was, uh, you know, I grew up a wrestling fan. I'm still a big wrestling fan. So I, I've been uh, I've been using the term kayfabe a lot, which has been the best, you know. So living in kayfabe, I get to live out my pro wrestling dreams, bro. I uh, I get to walk down the streets. I had a couple people ask me, you know, we were on episode, I think the Vigilante episode had just aired, episode seven. And I had a guy uh, stop me and he's like, hey, man, he's like, I gotta ask. I was like, yeah, what's up? He's like, all right, I won't tell anybody. I was like, yeah, what's up? And, of course, I'm thinking, hey, he's going to tell me you're Prometheus, you know? And he's like, so are you vigilante? And I was like, dude, don't tell anybody, but yeah, bro. And he was like, (laughs) (laughs) anybody, I won't tell anybody, you know? And I was like, for sure, man, for sure. So I left that day, and I was like, that poor dude is literally going to go back to his boys and be like, yo, I got the biggest spoiler. You know? <laughs>
2: uh,
1: it was fun, man. Like I I uh, you know, I I wanted to make sure I wanted to make sure to give the fans of the show a fun ride, you know, and and that's what the writers gave me. And 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 every episode, you know, I got to learn a little bit more about him as well, you know. I ha- I have this guy in my brain. I have him in my body, but at the same time, I'm learning about him as we move, right? So to get to to feel like we're living in this secret, and I get to I get to present him to the world, and know that at some point we're gonna reveal him. Oh man, it it was it's been a fun journey, dude. It's been really fun. Yeah, brother.
0: This is Josh Segura, and you're listening to the
1: Down and Nerdy Podcast.
0: Next up on our best interview moments of 2017, I know if you've listened to the show before, you know how much I love Tara Strong, the voice of so many great characters that we love. Well, in the DC Superhero Girls Brain Drain movie, which I talked to her about at San Diego Comic-Con 2017, she got to voice Harley and Poison Ivy, so a little bit of an identity crisis, maybe? Harley's best friend is Poison Ivy, so you get a chance to voice her in DC Superhero Girls, so what's it kind of like to kind of play your own best friend now? Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's so true, it's so funny, like... I remember one time I put on my Twitter there's a really cute picture of Harley and, and Batgirl like at each other's throats and I was like and you think you have an identity
3: crisis like, <laughs> like,
1: um, so this is fun because it, in this version Ivy's very shy and sweet and quiet and so at least like there's never a chance that the voices are going to get confused anyways they're just so different that they're never it's never like a, a, a question of who's line you, it's automatic that you know that's more of an ivy line and and when they're arguing it's like easy because it's like harley's so loud and ivy's so quiet so it's,
4: it's fun to play that back to
1: back this is tara strong and you're listening to the down and nerdy podcast
0: seemed like this year was a big year for streaming services in the nerd world as a matter of fact got to do something with, Am- with amazon video for the first time talking about the tick with griffin newman who plays arthur on the show and he actually put together A little bit of a superhero playlist. You won't believe it was on it. One of our top moments of 2017. I won't spoil anything, Griffin, but at one point in the show, someone gives themselves and mixes themselves their own theme song. So if Arthur had a theme song, what would it be?
3: That's a good question. You know, I had a a playlist that I made. I, I don't do that all the time, but sometimes with acting roles, I try to pick a song that kind of feels representational to me for the character, or um, a couple songs that hit on different elements. Um, I'm going to check it right now. The one I know I listen to a lot, and it's it's a weird one, but Gut Feeling by Devo. Really? Which was, yeah. <laughs> um, it has this sort of, the way it kind of builds, it has this very like nervous energy to me. Right the song is very exciting, but it also feels a little manic, and I felt like that was kind of like Arthur's inner monologue, in a way, is All trying right. to the courage to go straight into battle and um you know fight these people but i think that was the big one for me oh and then here's here's the other one i forgot i put this on here the other one i have on here the other ones i got like 12 songs the rest of them aren't that interesting a couple of them are just like you know hero tracks the main theme from like superhero movie scores Mm -hmm. So I could get into that like superhero mindset for the action scenes and stuff. But the other one, I think of note I put on here is I Am What I Am from La Cage aux Faux. <laughs> The musical, Just this musical number, it's transvestite, you know, up for who he is and, uh, you know, fighting to to stay strong in the face of oh, like, wow. you know, sort of prejudice and all of that. Right. And I, I I love musicals um i i saw uh, a staging of Lakage and then like that song kind of hit me weirdly hard when i was working on uh the tick and it felt like so much of the show is this kind of battle cry for arthur to like own who he is not ignore who he is and his past trauma and his sort of neurodiversity and all of that but really just kind of like plant his feet on the ground and, and shout that from the rooftop so that's that's maybe what my theme song would be <laughs> Hi, this is Griffin Newman from The Tick, and you're listening to the Down and Nerdy Podcast.
0: It's not every day you get to talk to an icon, and I was so honored to be able to sit right next to, actually, Kevin Conroy at San Diego Comic-Con 2017, talking about the Batman-Harley Quinn movie, and his chance to play a little bit more of a comedic Batman this time, one of our best moments of 2017. What's it like to lighten that up every now and then? I mean, you've played the character serious so many times in your career. What's it like to get a chance to kind of lighten Batman up a little bit? Oh, it's
1: fun. Oh, I have so much fun doing it, because... You know, I don't get to play the comedy, really, because Batman is not a comedic character. Right. But he gets to kind of deadpan it. And and that that's his version of, of comedy, underplaying things. And that's fun. But um, like in, there's a new series we're doing, Justice League Action, and I'm doing Batman in that. There's a lot of comedy in that. And in that one, I really do get to play more of the oh, comedy. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's fun. Hi, this is Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you're listening to me on the Down and Nerdy Podcast.
0: One show I love to talk about and that is so consistently good is Blindspot on NBC, and I was so psyched to hear that Rich.com, played by NS Esmers, was going to be joining the cast a little bit more this season. Now, when I talked to him a few months ago, we really got off the rails and started talking about sports that we couldn't believe were on television Relating it back to rich.com, one of our best moments of 2017. Well, you don't get no exercise at all, Ennis. I mean, you're also on a show called Red Oaks. You do a great job on that on Amazon where you play a tennis pro. Now, it got me thinking, though, Yes. if, if rich.com had a sport of choice, what do you think it would be? <laughs>
5: uh, that's amazing. I think of Rich, I mean, I bet Rich would more like to play to bet on because I feel like Rich would definitely be involved <laughs> and has been involved in like high stakes. But he'd do, like, highlight gambling, like weird obscure yes, yes. games. Or he'd bet, he'd bet on curling, you know what I mean? He'd have, like, a curling racket. He'd fix curling games.
0: Rich is going to be polishing that Olympic medal before you even know it.
5: Oh, absolutely, yeah. I bet he's good at darts. Have you ever watched televised darts?
0: No, they have darts like on television. Craziest...
5: Darts, I mean, they have ESPN has, like, 50 channels. They have darts on television. They're drinking beer. The commentators are screaming the entire time. It's, it's unbelievable. So I, I, I'm betting Rich gets into that. Rich goes undercover in a, in a, in a dart league in, uh, in England.
0: I didn't realize that people got so hyped for darts. Let me tell you
5: something. Let me tell all your listeners, when you're finished with this podcast, just Google televised darts on YouTube, and you will you will, it will be you will hard-pressed to pull away from that. It is, it is a, it's shockingly full of adrenaline rushes. It's amazing.
0: It, it was. It's funny that you mentioned that because I was uh, I was scanning through the channels uh, a couple weeks ago, and there was actually a televised Quidditch match on on the, one of the ESPN channels. Oh I think it was, and and I couldn't believe. Of course, believe it. there was. I couldn't believe it. It was it was a bunch of it was a bunch of high uh, college kids on PVC pipe, chucking around uh, around a ball. And I'm thinking, well, the production quality's not very good, but I can't believe this is actually on TV.
5: Right. I mean, look at the market that there is for esports. It's people sitting at a computer and they're connotating it like it's the World Series. You know what I mean? So uh,
0: <laughs> people will watch. See, I could see Rich doing that too, though. Oh, yeah, but he'd hack the whole thing.
5: He'd, he'd be on the on the inside, you know, fixing matches and throwing games for people. That, that's his, I think that's his grip. I feel like Rich Rich at some point is going to invest in a casino. You know what I mean? Or a slot machine company.
0: I, I got to tell you, I'm, spell, I'm smelling spinoff on that one.
5: Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Hello, this is Ennis Esmer from Blind Spot on NBC, and you are listening to the Down and Nerdy
0: Podcast. I'm James Witham from the Down and Nerdy Podcast, wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays as we count down our best interview moments of 2017. And one moment that was really great for me was when I got to talk to Liam Sharp, who was the artist on Wonder Woman at the time, and did so many great issues. And I asked him about what it was about Wonder Woman that was so special, and his answer was really amazing, so check it out. You talk a lot about how honored and proud you are to be working on Wonder Woman since last year, so out of all the characters you've gotten to work with over the last 30-plus years, what makes Wonder Woman extra special?
2: Oh, there's so many things. I mean, it's it, it's twofold because um, part of it is Having stepped out of the mainstream for a while and been doing lots of other in- indie uh, kind of things, getting back into that arena is, is actually really tough. I was very lucky when I was a kid to get in there when I was young, and um, I kind of broke in without fully realising how lucky I was. You know, when you've got the benefit of uh, age behind you—not necessarily wisdom—you kind of realise uh, how how privileged um, a position that is. So just just to be even drawing any of the the main big characters is is an extraordinary privilege, but on top of that, um, what I found out about Diana is you don't just draw her, you fall in love with her. And I've heard this from all the creators I know that, have, that I know personally that have worked on the book. They all felt this way about her, whether they had had that sense before, or whether they came to the book um, with a little less knowledge, um, as was really the case for me. And it's, it happens very quickly too. Uh, she's just so rich. I mean, she just has this beautiful, rich world of, of science fiction and fantasy and mythology. Um, but on top of that, she's unusual in that she—it's it, not all about the fighting with her. It's about uh, empathy and care and uh, compassion. And uh, you know, that's the the, the the sort of fighting aspect is the is the last aspect. Not that she can't you know create quite a mess when she needs to. <laughs> but she's, uh, you yeah, know, she's very, she's very special. My name is uh, Liam Sharp. I draw Wonder Woman. I co-founded Mayfire, and I'm a dear and close friend of the Down and Nerdy podcast.
0: Definitely talked about a lot of different stuff in 2017 here on the Down and Nerdy podcast, one of which being the existence of alien life and the hunt for extraterrestrials when we had Josh Gates on the show. And Josh and I have one thing in common, and that's bad pun. So, you know, not only did I need to ask him about that. I had to make one of my own one of my best moments of 2017 now josh very serious question here do you get as much of a hard time for using puns on your show as i do here on mine
5: yes but 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 luckily i uh i i don't have to interact or i don't get a chance to interact with 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 viewers as much as you probably interact with <laughs> folks in, in real time so there's like a delay of, like, when they hear my horrible pun to when they can track me down to complain about it. So there's, there's there's that nice time delay. But, yeah, I use all sorts of horrible dad puns on the show all the time, and, and I can, like, hear the groans across America.
0: Well, you know, Josh, once those gates open, it's hard to close them. <laughs> hey Yeah, That's there
5: exactly we go. That's exactly right.
2: There we go. That's
5: exactly right. <laughs> I love it. Hey, this is Josh Gates from Expedition Unknown, and you're listening to the Down and Nerdy Podcast.
0: It can't be the best of 2017 without talking about the great time that I had at San Diego Comic-Con 2017 and an extremely busy Saturday spent talking to the cast of The Flash and Arrow and almost all of the CW shows. Matter of fact, when Tom Cavanaugh sat down... I asked him about playing the many versions of Harrison Wells. Of course, we saw the Council of Wells not too long ago in this past in this season of The Flash. So I asked him if he had a favorite. Was there an iteration that you enjoyed more than others?
4: Uh, that's a great question, uh, and not to be politically correct, uh, I've really enjoyed um, I've really enjoyed all, all the different versions. What I hear from the fans is there was an episode last year where we did like a bunch of I did a bunch of different ones really quickly and they just assumed that those guys are going to and I was like no we're not (laughs) going to do Hell's Wells because you can't string a sentence together Tom Felton already had the great British accent and you can't have a mime, I don't think. I get paid by the word and I'm pretty voluble and so a mime is not going to be, a mime is not going to work for anybody. I think that would get the show cancelled. But so like, you know, it's a long season so there's, like I say, there's a, there's tons of verse out there, many things to pick from and you try and pick one that's going to serve the show well. Like Harry was great in season two because Grant is so winning and Carlos is so winning and Danielle is so winning and it's like you know if we had something who's a bit of a jackass that would help us you know and then in season three it was like maybe if we had a little more humor because there's some dark things this year maybe that would help us you know so we try and pick things where we might have like a, a deficiency and try and improve that.
0: Before I move on, that wasn't all that happened when Tom Cavanaugh sat down. As a matter of fact, right before he was about to get up, Grant Gustin crashed the party and things got a little musical.
4: So Grant and I did a song. It's called Two Guys on a Chair. Do you guys like to hear it? It's really quick. It's called Two Guys on a Chair. You ready? You ready? And two guys on a chair. On a chair. One, guy One guy gets up.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Hey, this is David DeZuz from Gotham on Fox,
1: and you're listening to the Down and Nerdy Podcast.
0: One of the most fun guys I got to talk to at San Diego Comic-Con twenty seventeen was Greg Sipes, who is the voice of Beast Boy on Teen Titans Go, and he's a great follow on Twitter. As a matter of fact, I saw something on Twitter that he did right before the con that caught my eye, and I asked him about it, and he gave a very interesting answer. One of our best moments of 2017. Now, I saw a video of you recently on uh-huh. Twitter, uh-huh. and Beast Boy was teaching meditation yes. to some kids in Texas, so if Beast Boy could teach meditation to anyone, especially in Texas, who would it be? Um, if Beast Boy could teach meditation to anybody in the whole world, who would it be? Donald Trump. <laughs> I would teach meditation to Donald Trump. How do you think that would go? It would go well. It would go well. Donald Trump would bow to Beast Boy's feet and be like, you should be the president. I can't do Donald Trump's (laughs) voice, but Beast Boy
4: for president. Beast Boy for president.
0: Yo, this is Greg Sipes, Teen Titans Go. You're listening to the Down and Nerdy, 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 Nerdy Podcast. Nerdy, Nerdy, Nerdy Podcast. This guy's the biggest nerd you ever met. The nerdiest of the nerds. Here we are down to the final moment of 2017 of the best of interview moments of the year that was 2017. And maybe I'm a homer. I don't know. Maybe this was because I was really excited to get to talk to Steven Amell when he sat down for the Arrow Press Roundtables at San Diego Comic-Con 2017. But I mean, he was exactly the guy that you expected him to be. And of course, when I asked him a question... He didn't disappoint. One of our best moments of 2017. There's something very familiar about what happened in the finale of Season 5, and I'll be interested to see if it carries over to Season 6, is that... Familiar in what way? Here's Oliver on a boat with his son Sorry. off the shores of Lian Yu, so are there going to be any sort of mental flashbacks just for Oliver personally, what happened with his father, and hopefully how he can do it differently?
1: I mean, Oliver being a dad is my favorite part of season six thus far um, and it's certainly what I've had to play the most um, you know I've, I've said this multiple times but my first day back on season six was four scenes with Jack who plays William and I was fucking nervous I didn't know I'd never done a scene with this kid you know what I mean a kid he's a young man he's, you know right we had done one scene where I'm holding him close and we had done one scene where he's playing with action figures. We had four scenes. And I was like, I didn't know how it was gonna go, you know? And right. he was not only equal to the task, but excelled. I left that day feeling so bullish about season six and everything that we have coming up.
0: Well, there they are, the top 10 interview moments of 2017 from the Down and Nerdy podcast, in no particular order, by the way, because there was no way that I could possibly pick one over the others. matter of fact, do you know how hard it was to pick just 10 out of so many? I mean, just the stuff from San Diego Comic-Con alone was amazing, but I want to thank every guest that we had on the show this year, and there were a ton. Everybody behind the scenes at DC Comics, IDW, Warner Brothers, the CW, Fox, I mean the list goes on and on and on. Thank you so, so much for everything that you do for the show and helping us get these great guests on for you, the listener. And and thank you for listening every week as you do. We've crossed two million total listens for the show this year. And I cannot thank you enough for that, for your support, for following us, Facebook.com slash down and nerdy at down and nerdy seven five seven on Twitter and on Instagram, just liking our post, retweeting, interacting with us. Thank you so, so much for doing that. Man, I tell you, we've got so many great things coming in 2018. We're going to try and make each year for you that much better. And maybe a few new voices that you're going to hear on the show next year as well. But uh, you'll have to keep listening to find out what that's about. But that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Best of Interview Moments of 2017. And of course, you can always follow us online down dot nerdypodcast.com to keep up with everything that we've got going on and find out what's going to be coming up on next week's show as well. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, whatever you're celebrating. Make sure you don't apologize for being a nerd. So let your fan flag fly, be good to your fellow nerds, and have a merry, merry Christmas.